Automation is key when it comes to scaling your engineering efforts, but can you automate yourself out of a job? On this week's episode of Dev Interrupted, I brought in tenured senior software engineer and automation expert, Judy Johnson, to answer my questions about what we shouldn't be automating and how to convince your business to take on the upfront costs of an automation initiative. This episode is sponsored by Linear B. Give your dev team the power to improve with team-based metrics, high-risk code alerts, and the world's first project board based on real-time Git activity. Sign up free at LinearB.io. What we're here to talk about today is automation, right? And you've, you did some great um, presentations and I've read some of your stuff about uh, automation. Um, and I would love to get your perspective. You can see things in the world, like everything is kind of being automated right now. And maybe it's normal. Maybe it's not normal. How did that timeline look for you? Like, were we always automating stuff back in the day? Is this a new thing that's happening now? Like, how do you see it? Okay, so yeah. So I mean, obviously, with a computer science degree and being a programmer for all those years, like, that's what programming is. It's automating things, right? So whether you start with with automating a you know a calculation or whatever, then that's really automation. You know, we're not we're not on abacus <laughs> abacus abacai anymore. But um, so so yes. But as as we progress, obviously, like for example, even going from like from assembly language to Fortran to Java, you know, or with C, I guess is in between you're getting a farther and farther from the machine. And as you get farther from the machine is what makes it more, yeah, I mean, all the way it's automating, but it makes it easier for us. So now that we kind of have it down how to, how to write code, now we're automating the processes more, right? Yeah, one thing that I, I read from your presentation, you, you had a presentation called Automation Justification. That's right. Which, which is a great title, love that title. Thank you. There's one item on there that I saw. You had something like um, preserve enterprise knowledge or, or oh, yeah. knowledge preservation. That caught me because, you know, you have, okay, why do I automate? Well, it gets to save everybody time. Customers could be happier because, um, you know, there's not as many bugs in production, MTTR, meantime to restore all of that. But that bullet point, uh, preserve enterprise knowledge, kind of caught me off guard. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, that's kind of so. So, like I was saying earlier with the DevOps, where you you write it and then you 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 script it. I think at, at some point you like I I am say I'm the tester. Let's always go with automated tests because that's what people like, right? Um, I know that I have to check you know, make sure that numbers and dashes and question marks and underscores and carrots can all fit into that field and be treated appropriately if they're illegal, get the right message and stuff like that. So I know that and I test all those things. They need me to say, what were these subtle little things you were testing, right? What, you know, what were some of the edge cases that 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 you wouldn't think of if you were just an engineer writing tests for yourself? So if you if you extrapolate that to anything else anybody does, then you know you need to, you know, that you need to automate. So so the other thing I was going to bring up, and that's because it's kind of what I do, is, is security-related stuff. Yeah. All right. So one of the things, two of the big problems that we have with our engineers, and I'm sure you've seen them both, is works on my machine, right? Oh, my God. And I lost my changes, right? 
Well, works so, <laughs> um, works on my machine is the worst. I, <laughs> works on my machine. So so my so what we do is you can automate your infrastructure, right? You can use Puppet, you can use Chef, you can, you know, Ansible Salt, um, Terraform, whatever. So you're actually setting up the machine in an automated way so that your development, your test, and your production platform are exactly the same. And then nobody has that excuse anymore, right? So, so that's a way that automation is really useful. And in terms of losing data, that was just a configuration management using GitHub, GitLab, whatever. And I know you guys are pretty familiar with GitHub, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have to tell you a works on my machine story. We all have to. So <laughs> the most like uh, epic one that I can remember, I was probably, yeah, like 23 years old, 24 years old at this time. It was my second job out of school. I, I won't name where, where this is or any of the names, uh, but it was, uh, we had a small engineering team. We had a CEO who was highly still involved with the product, trying to create an amazing product. And we had a VP of engineering, um, you know, who was running like a 10 developer organization and we were trying to make it as a startup. And the CEO, again, highly involved in, in the product, was using the product like on the in the app and was finding bugs. And we're all sitting in the same room. I remember this explicitly. He comes over to the, the current VP of engineering and says, like, I there's issues in the app. Like I'm finding these bugs. And this VP of engineering goes back to him and literally pulls up in his machine and says, well, it works on my machine. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, oh my God, like you're not going to have a job here soon. And that, that is actually what happened eventually. So that's just like burned into my brain. This works on my machine. Hopefully with, with some of the advances now, uh, like you were saying, maybe that doesn't happen anymore, but that's. Oh, I'm sure it still happens. Yeah. Do you think you can automate yourself out of a job? Nope. That's a myth. Like pe people, I think there is a fear of that. Like I can automate myself out of a job maybe. Right, right. So people do, right. People do think that. And I it, now we're kind of past that. But let's say in the 19 whatever's when I was a kid and there was all those old TV shows, it was happening all the time. They were like, oh, you know, in the 2000s, there's going to be robots and robots are going to do all the things like look at the Jetsons, right? You do watch the Jetsons, right? I watched the Jetsons when I was a kid. <laughs> Judy Jetson. I, I don't think many of those things came to happen, though. <laughs> I don't have like a robot helping me at home. Right, right. Well, but that's what people were thinking. But so, so we do. So again, <laughs> like I said earlier, we had a tester and he didn't want it. He was afraid because they were starting to automate. They were using um, Selenium, right? Sure. And he was like, he was like, well, you need me, you need me because I have like an intuition. I have feelings about, you know, I can tell when things are right and wrong, you know? So, yeah. but, but that's where he was useful. So he would sit down with a guy. Well, first of all, Selenium can record your keystrokes, right? And yep. then you kind of, you kind of go on from there. So he would sit with them and help them design the Selenium test, right? So, so he could do that. And then, you know, he could go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I, 
I was in a situation where I had a manual QA team. So we weren't automated at the time. Like I was saying, like our CTO was doing these good initiatives. We have to become automated, CI, CD, DevOps movement, all of that. I had a team of uh, manual, you know, testers. And there was two paths that we ended up finding for those people. Um, some of those people became, you know, software engineers and tests. Yeah, they would use things like uh, Selenium. They would write end-to-end tests. Um, they had more of that developer skill set. Um, and it does take a lot of work to maintain tests. So there's like always work to be done, new features coming out. Yep. You actually have to build the infrastructure for the test automation itself, right, to make it run effectively and all of that. Um, so those people were totally fine. And the other people on the uh, like manual QA side, some of them didn't have as much of that, you know, developer, I would say aptitude. Um, They actually ended up kind of testing the customer experience or ensuring that, you know, whatever we were producing actually met the needs of the customer. It was a great experience. And that is really hard to automate. So I would have to say, you know, also in my my experience, I have never seen someone automate themselves out of a out of a job. Yeah. Do you have any like a mindset or thought process that you go through when you're thinking about what to automate first? I know like testing comes to mind for a lot of people, but it, it, is that always the place to start for like an engineering team? Well, I do that. I think the the um, infrastructure for me is first. Okay. Right? Because if you, especially if you're dealing with security, because if your infrastructure isn't secure, then you know you're already already out out the door. And then plus, when you're you, you don't have the worst semi machine problem, I think then you're probably going to want to do your. It, in my brain, I, I think everybody is totally different. Yeah. But configuration management, you have to have that in there early on, so people don't lose. Sh- stuff. Um, and then, yeah, probably, probably your testing would be next, you know, and, and once you start testing, what's really cool is, especially if you have a product that works in different environments, that something like, well, we use Travis, but GitLab, any of them will allow you to, to test the same code in different environments under different conditions. And again, it's one of those things where you just, and you're doing the same thing, but somebody else is doing it, you're keeping track of all your results, you know, you know, right away if things fail. I have a a question around security. Is there a way to automate security? So when you want to automate it, what you're really automating is compliance, not security. If you can make a checklist, you can automate it. And I keep kind of, it's kind of like going from analog to digital, right? If you can, if you can list them out, then you can, can do them. So that's why you know, that's why we go with compliance rather than security. Do you think, um, do you think that there's anything that shouldn't be automated? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that I think, um, I think it's really important. And I have a couple of examples. One of them is this very talk that I gave, somebody asked me to do a write-up of it. Right. So I said, you know, I'm an okay writer, but yeah. I, I want somebody to proofread it. Right. So I wrote, I wrote up, you know, a little summary of, of this talk about automation, including, and one of the things I, I, I said or tried to say 
was you can get a computer to do the things that you don't want to do. Well, I left out the word don't, right? And I, I had another one other typo that, that bothered me, but I didn't notice them because you don't notice your own bugs, right? So I submitted it. <laughs> I said, I said, you do have somebody that's got a proofreader, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll proofread it. And it was up on, on the site in a half hour. And I went and I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, I left out the word don't. You know, and so I said, hey, can you make this couple of changes for me? And they're like, oh, yeah, we use Grammarly, right? So a human yes. didn't read it. So they no. didn't miss that little subtlety. It actually made sense either way. But, you know, I, I think if a person looked at it, they would have noticed it. And it was just so ironic, you know. And then, of course, there's the problem with people trying to automate too much at once. And yeah, I think you, that's that's something that people don't understand. You know, you have to, you know, go in easy, prioritize what you want to do, and then get it done. Don't just say, I'm going to automate everything today. Yeah, I'll tell you how I, how I kind of think about this or how I, how I was feeling about it. Anything that has to do for me with like people using a product or even, to be honest, like real customer feedback, I'm not a huge fan of automating that. Right. Now, you know, for example, what we're doing at Linear B is we are highly engaged with our customers. We have a great customer success program. And since we have so many customers now, we do have to do some type of automation to get their feedback. So, for example, you know, we'll send out a survey, you know, that asks a few questions. Um, and you could consider that kind of the automated part because we'll get the responses and stuff. But then what we make sure to do is whoever follows up on that survey, we go and meet with them one on one and we talk about it. So, you know, we use automation in order to kind of filter or find the most engaged, you know, people. But then we always follow up with that human interaction. And that's how, kind of how, how I feel about it. Um, and also, well, you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, look at recruiting. I actually, I just posted that that resume joke there. I don't know if you saw it, but you can make you that. can make anything look good. You can put in buzzwords, you know, that the recruiting software generally looks for words, right? And, and I think that you don't really have the whole of the person. And I think a lot of people fall through the cracks because of the way they write their resume or the way they present it or, you know, the order or, or something like that. I yeah. think, again, it's a people thing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I'm like pr pretty, totally agree, pretty sensitive on, on, on the product feedback. And even like I was saying, some of those uh, manual QA people that did not become software engineers and tests, we always had them manually testing the interface and the experience. Um, and it just makes, you know, products so much better. Um, I wanted to, you know, really ask you about automation initiatives and how to um, prove the results that they actually work or don't work. You know, something that I always struggled with, you know, once I kind of bought into, okay, you know, automation can really help my team. Um, it's that upfront effort that, you know, you might have to go to the business and say, hey, I really want to automate these areas, um, but I might have to delay some of the other work that I thought we could deliver. How do I kind of like either use metrics to, you know, justify my work or show, you know, my boss. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely has to be incremental. And yes, there are metrics. I think we talked about some of them earlier, mean time to, you know, mean time to fix, um, you know, even doing updates. If you if you automate something, so for example, like I use this Jira API for a gazillion different things, but now it's like easy. Like I had it just doing a report of what got done and then what's in this sprint. And then I was like, oh, well, I want to report. And I, I know you guys probably do this of the tickets that are in this sprint that have pull requests out that haven't been pushed yet, yeah. right? Haven't been approved yet. I mean, and it's like, oh, wow, I can get that just by doing this. And then the opposite, pull requests that have been out there for a really long time that nobody's been done. See, I should be working for Linear B, shouldn't I? Yeah, I mean, um, Linear B does all of this for you. I know, I know. Well, yeah, but, but now that I know how to do it, I could do it. So if you want but, a job, we have some job <laughs> openings. <laughs> But, but seriously, so so just the fact that, say, if I do this, then I can do all these these related things. So you've got those metrics. You've got you've got the testing when you do your testing in loops, and you can you're able to test different environments using the same code. I mean, that's saving you an enormous amount of time. Um, scalability is huge. Scalability is a really big, you know, metric uh, thing to push. Like, look, you know, I can set up this system to do this by myself manually. And yeah, maybe it takes me 10 minutes, but we have a thousand that we need to do. Why don't I just take that extra time to automate it once? And I bet you it won't take me a thousand times as long to write a script to do all of them, you know? So you've got scalability is a big one. Anything that you have to do a lot of times. But I think, again, you know, your customers are going to realize that things are coming up faster um, and like we talked about earlier, you know, team knowledge, once you're, especially if you're automating things like, you know, security and, and DevOps related things that different people can do different things and either learn different tools to do the same thing or use the same tool to do different things. You know, you, you tend to get more well-rounded as, as you've been doing this for a while and risk, risk, because when you have things automated, your results are always consistent and say you have an integration test right and and you know what you're expecting and when you of course you, you're adding another feature um if you're just adding that to the integration test and it breaks something earlier on people forget that i'm not i'm not only testing the new feature i'm making sure it works well with others right and so having that automated and being able to go back and, and integrate it back with everything you've done before have i convinced you yet yeah, no, the, all of those are, are, that's really good advice that I think any, anybody can use. Um, I always like to try to give the advice to kind of relate the metrics back to some type of business goal. You know, so for example, oh, yeah, yeah. if a team uh, or a company says, hey, we want to deliver features really, really fast mm-hmm. and we got to get new value to our customers. Cycle time, right, is a great metric um, to show an executive team, to show your internal team, to talk with product about. And automating with CI, CD, you know, type automation, test automation, deployment automation really will improve your cycle time, which then improves how much value you can send to customers. Right. You know, so that's kind of like an end to end justification. Here's the business value. Here's the cycle time metric that we're going to use to show this. And for example, you know, what's slowing us down is how long it's taking us to test. And that's why we have to automate. 
Um, another one that I, you know, really like because the business can usually relate to it so well is like customer happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're having a lot of bugs in production. Well, okay, why are we having bugs? Well, we have a lot of manual, you know, QA processes that are not based on ex customer experience. They're just repetitive things that, you know, we're missing um, because we're doing it manually. Well, if we automate that, we're going to show you our bug rate in production has decreased. Um, so those are so those are some of the ones that I kind of you know love uh, to justify and show from a metrics perspective. Um, and yeah, I think lastly, like you mentioned, like MTTR, mean time to restore. Um, I think automation can kind of play a great role in identifying an issue, having a fast deployment, that type of thing. Especially when you're you're DevOpsing and retrospecting and, and able to, you know, look back and, and see if this has happened before. And I, I guess la lastly here, as we start to uh, wrap up, is there anything that you would tell kind of the naysayers or someone that says, you know, automation, it's, it's not worth it. Right. Right. Yeah. So you have those people and you need to, show them, maybe find something they're doing, show them what automating is, show them also that they're going to be saving time and be able to do things that they want to do rather than their boring work, right? Um, and, and then you make them a part of it. I think you can always convince somebody, almost always, <laughs> to do something by letting them participate and, and showing them, you know, what, what they can, um, how they can, how they can make it better, how they, how we can help them I think, you know, it has to be mutual. I think you always want to feel like, hopefully, most of us want to feel like we're contributing every day. So if you're saying, well, you know, if I'm automating my job, if you're taking away my job, how will I be contributing? Well, you can help with the automation. You can go do something else productive, you know. So there's that. And then there's all the, you know, when people say, no, we don't have enough money or I don't trust it because I haven't used it before, you know. Nobody, nobody wants to trust anything brand new to them. So there's a, there's a lot involved in that. So you, you kind of have to, I guess you have to scale it down, find something that's relevant to what they're doing and show them how to do it. But just make sure they understand that, that they're, they're part of it, that you're not taking anything away from them. You're giving them something, right? Yeah. People are always, you know, that there's that fear. I'm afraid of change or I'm afraid yep. uh, this will do something negative to me. So if you can kind of just find the way it will help them, you know, that that's a great way to get, I think, buy-in from those uh, naysayers. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it has been amazing having you on the Dev Interrupted podcast. You've been uh, giving so many uh, great tips to our listeners. Thank you so much, Judy, uh, for coming on here. Uh, it, it's been amazing. Um, and also be sure to join the Dev Interrupted Discord community. We're hosting guest AMAs, and that's where we're keeping this type of conversation going on all week long. You can uh, get all of this information in the links below. And thank you again to all of our listeners.